The following podcast contains explicit language on explicit topics, and as a trigger warning, all episodes contain triggering content. today I have Cash. Hey Cash. Hey girl. How are you? How are you feeling? I'm so good. I'm feeling really good this morning. Really well rested. Really ready for this. Well let's get into it. Let's do it. Where does your sexual evolution begin? My sexual evolution actually began when I was three years old. My dad caught me masturbating on a bear. <laughs> and he caught me masturbating on a bear and I actually grew up in a really strict Muslim household. So this was like my parents had to have a talk with me like at three and I remember the talk because they were like what were you doing and I couldn't really explain it because like I feel like children are sexual beings but they don't they don't know they're so innocent so they just do what feels good you know what I mean but with my parents they kind of talked to me about it and I was like oh my god sexual things are wrong so until I was like 19 years old I didn't kiss a boy I didn't kiss a girl I didn't I didn't do anything sexual from that moment but then I turned 19, I turned to a hoe. So that's what happens. <laughs> so that's what happens when you grow up in such a strict upbringing that like shuns sex, that says sex is bad because sex is good. You know what I mean? My parents, you know how in school, I think we are in middle school when we got the talk, like they pass out deodorant and like give you tampons, things like that. But your parents have to sign a sheet that says it's okay. Do you remember that? Mm-hmm. So my parents did not sign, so I just went to the library. But I wanted to know so bad. So my friends, when they came out, they were, like, laughing and giggling and putting on deodorant. And I was like, what the fuck happened? Like, I need to know. And I've always had that, like, inside of me about, like, sex or men or women. And I'm, like, I just so curious because I wasn't allowed to, like, have it. Then And then I remember... When I was, okay, I went through like an ugly phase. I'm an ugly duckling, okay? I'm hot right now, but I was not when I was in middle school. So after puberty, like I started realizing that like, well, I'm, I'm an attractive girl, you know what I mean? Because guys are coming up to me, but I was afraid. Like, because the only interaction with other men outside my family was nothing. I only knew cousins, uncles, father. I didn't know any other men. So I would kind of like go away. People in high school, like they used to think I was asexual. Because I was so, like, I was I was pretty, but, like, I didn't show interest. And I only had, like, one friend. <laughs> I also went to a Catholic school as a Muslim, so that's another story. <laughs> but, yeah, I was friends with the one gay Jew in, in Catholic school. <laughs> I remember that. And we kind of were just, like, not about it. But, um... Why were you and the gay Jew at this Catholic school? Oh my god. Me and the gay Jew. (laughs) The Muslim girl and the gay Jew. Alright, so we were at this school because it was a really good Catholic school and it zoned you for college. So it's like really good math, really good English. So the parents like, well, you know, the religion classes, they won't be that bad. Like, it's good to learn about other religions. Oh my god. It was, we had this thing, we had this thing, okay? It was called Channel One. I think it was in a lot of Catholic schools. But it was called Channel One, and it was our 
what's that thing? Homeroom, right? Homeroom. So they would play this Channel One in Homeroom, and it would all be about the war. And it was so prejudiced and narrow-minded that, like, it it made Muslim people look really bad. It made people all over the world look really bad, is what I'm trying to say. And it just made me feel really alienated from my peers, and I think that's why I connected with the one other person who probably felt alienated, you know? And he didn't come out. Like, I always knew he was gay, but he... He, I even asked him about it. Like, I'm just like, admit it, it's okay. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. Like, it's really hard to be yourself. I, I, was, I grew up really repressed. Did you travel far for college? Were you... No, I've always been in Los Angeles. Did your parents put up a struggle when you wanted to leave? Definitely my dad did because usually they want you to like get married and then leave the house. But my mom, low-key, like, my mom's really, my mom's really quiet. She's very docile. She's very thoughtful. And I could feel, like, she wanted me to go, too. She wanted me to get out, you know? I went to FITM downtown. Yeah, I, did, I studied visual communications. And um, I loved it. FITM was a great school. But, no, I didn't travel far, but I have traveled. When I turned 19, that's when I moved out. And my eyes opened it was like there was a film over my eyes and they just like cracked open and I went crazy a little bit you know what I mean like started doing drugs started like having sex with like everyone <laughs> like <laughs> it was pretty crazy you know what I mean but then around the age I want to say when I started to like calm down a little bit was when I met my ex we were together for five years um he <sighs> It was an abusive relationship. I took whatever, I did whatever he said. He didn't let me have a Facebook, no Instagram, nothing. And I listened to him and I, I, he was my leader. You know, he was, he kind of took the place of my father in my life. Our sexual experiences, like he really opened me up to a lot of stuff because he was like a daddy. You know what I mean? So in the bedroom, we kind of had this master slave kind of thing. And it would always be just telling me what to do. You know what I mean? But then we broke up and I went crazy again. <laughs> and I started telling boys what to do. <laughs> and ever since then, <laughs> sexually, I've been telling guys what to do and being more their master and they my slave. But now, just right now, I'm confused. Like, I, I really don't know what I want. And I'm becoming more like the way I was in high school, a little more asexual again. It's interesting. But, um, I imagine is predominantly women. Yes. Were you hollering out with women? <laughs> Sometimes. I mean, I was like horny in a, like a school. Like, what was I supposed to do? I mean, there was this really interesting girl. She was really pretty, and it was almost like scary how pretty she was because I never like was shy around a girl, but I found myself being shy with her tripping up over my words, like staring at her, like, what am I doing? Like, why am I staring at this poor child? I don't know, but I was really interested and we we didn't do anything but like make out and other stuff. But um she was really cool. She was really cool. I think she also has a girlfriend right now. Everyone, you know what's funny that I notice? Everyone I know has someone. It's really interesting. I think it's probably my age. I'm 29, so people are, like, trying to get married and all that stuff. But I 
I think because I started late, it's probably going to happen later for me. Probably when I'm like 40. Because I need another like 10 years to figure it out. Because y'all were dating like in high school and shit. You know what I mean? So I need I need some time to, to go through it and figure it out too. When you weren't hoeing out with women, where were you meeting the men? So, the men. I don't, what's your definition of a man? How old, how old would you think generally a man is? Maybe, honestly, uh mid-ish 30s I completely agree with you because you'll find more men in their mid-30s and I started talking men probably when I graduated that's like 2013 and I started to go for older men so I started to use seeking arrangements (laughs) I started to use seeking arrangements but noticed that my competition was like 18 year old Russian girls but some of the guys had an interest in me because like I'm not bad looking and I have the tattoos and it's a little bit different the short hair you know so they're curious so I went on a few dates on seeking arrangements and they were actually really nice and they were like older men but they treated me like I didn't feel weirded out I didn't feel I also knew how to pick them but I didn't feel weirded out or strange like I felt like they genuinely wanted to give me a good time and they did so I gave them a good time you know what I mean but I just, yeah, but now I'm into men. I won't date, I won't date a guy that's less than like eight years older than me. Honestly, that's the God honest truth. I can't do it. I can't do it with these babies anymore. We see these like puppies and we try, we try to take them in, but we have to remember <laughs> men are dogs. They can take care of themselves. Also, I want to say, you know, girl, what I've noticed is we're queens. Truly, we are. Women are queens. But there's a lot of jokers out there and not a lot of kings. And you have to keep that in mind when dating. I swear to God, because if you don't, you got to pick up the signs the minute you meet them. To play like devil's advocate, I'm just like, I'm lonely. Like, oh, he's okay. Like, he's probably a really good person. But like, you can't, like we were talking about before, you can like feel, you can feel some type of way, but you can know something. And you, you're, it's like mind over matter. You have yeah. to think. Or else you're not going to be happy. You were ending saying that you only date dudes eight years and older than you. Eight years and older. Wow. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with the number eight? Because my parents are eight years apart. So I was like, if my mom thinks eight years is like, you know, I'm like at least eight years. Wow. Yeah. In your becoming an adult, has your relationship bettered with with each of your parents? You know what it has? Because I understand now about mental illness. And I understand about they they are also human. Because when you're a kid, you think your parents are your god. Because you don't know anything else. But as you get older, you realize they're just people too. As for your mental illnesses, do your parents know anything about them? Um, they actually do. I have, I have borderline personality disorder. I was diagnosed when I was 17. So I've been... They found out because... I was, they found out because you can't, at 18 you're legal, right? But in the medical field, like your parents can have your, can know what's going on until you're 18 years old. And I just so happen to be diagnosed. So that's how they found out. The doctor talked to them and told them. Yeah. Yeah. Which I have a huge problem against because I feel like you've got to be like 16 or 15 and then they can stop reporting to your parents. You know what I mean? Like. 
Yeah, because at that age, it should be up to you. If it's something you have to live with for the rest of your life, like, you should choose who gets to know. So, like, um, borderline personality disorder, it's an emotional disorder. And there's 10, I believe there's, like, 10 symptoms, and you have to have at least six or seven of them to be diagnosed as. So I had, like, all of them. <laughs> so they diagnosed, it was an easy diagnosis, you know, and um, it, it's things like self-harm, which a lot of kids do, but don't have borderline personality disorder. So it's, like, self-harm, like, crazy relationships, um, not ever wanting to be alone, like, ever. You can't sit in your own company. Not having a concept of self. And it's like, when you get really emotional, the part of your brain that is logical forgets to think. So you can act impulsively. So it's symptoms like that. It's an emotional disorder. Wow. Yeah. I was hospitalized three times in the 12 years, but it's only until maybe, I want to say, three years ago that I've not been like hospitalized or anything and... I take my meds and everything's okay and you know meds really help they really do I know people are like oh go go like run or go like take a hike go swimming you know what I mean but I think there's such a stigma against mental illness that it's not real because you cannot see it with not being able to be alone does that relate at all with not being able to love yourself it completely relates to that it completely relates to that because I try and love myself and I love myself in a way, like in the way that I won't let harm come to me anymore, even from myself, but I'm, I still struggle to love myself. But the people that do love themselves, they have this like aura about them. Have you ever noticed that? Like people who are like, I'm sure Gandhi loved himself and everyone, you know what I mean? They just are special people, the people who really genuinely have love for themselves. I hope to be one of those people one day. Because I was reckless. It's a part of the BPD just being, like, reckless and just impulsive. And, yeah, I've had chlamydia, I want to say, four times in my life. Yeah, I know. I shouldn't be. But that's another story. Like, you got to be Like, you got to be safe. Because you don't know what's out there. You really don't. And people are dishonest. But I digress. What were you saying? <laughs> I do have also HPV, but who doesn't? <laughs> um, it's... You know, we're in, we're in a modern era and there's modern disease. You know what I mean? Like people, it's just, it just happens. It shouldn't be, people shouldn't be looking at them like a leper or something like that. You know, it's like you go to the doctor, you get it fixed. But what I don't like is when people don't go, if they have been having sex without a condom, you know what I mean? Like it's, you have to be responsible because you have to keep other people safe. You know, you have to try. But if you just so happen to get it, just take care of it. That's how I feel. If you don't have a struggle, you're not human. When my mom found out, I think she did find out I had chlamydia or something like that. Because I told her, I was like, I'm just really stressed out. And this is going on. And I just got fired from my job. And I have chlamydia. She's like, gay? Like, what? And I was like, whatever. But she actually bought me the medicine for it, too. So I was like, she, she's a good mama. Uh, shout out to mama. <laughs> So that was my sexual experience. <laughs> From what you've told of your journey, I know you've got some good body tales to <laughs> share. Oh my God. 
I mean, I mean, how thoughty though? Like, I mean, what's appropriate? What, I mean, anything goes. Whatever is standout, you felt empowered. I think is especially being right, thoughty. Here it is. <laughs> so this man, I told you I'm into like dominating men now. And this guy, he's like a skater guy. And I love skater guys now because they know how to move their bodies. They really do. And I should have, I should, any kind of guy, dancers, even like sports, like basketball, anything that they know how to move their body, they're going to be good at sex. You know what I mean? More than the average. <laughs> and like, he was fine. He was this like white boy, but he was like all tan and beachy and like, he smelled like sunscreen and like, I just liked it, you know? And, um... So I squirt, and he was like, oh, my God, I need to, like, capture some of your squirt in a cup. <laughs> and I was like, only if you come in it and drink it. <laughs> and he did with some whiskey. <laughs> Damn, bitch. <laughs> he made a cocktail. <laughs> a squirt cocktail? I'm like, that's for you. You enjoy that. <laughs> Damn. Then come cuddle with mama. <laughs> Oh my god. I'm so excited. I'm gonna cry. What? Oh my god, yes. That's amazing. It's fun. It's fun. Boys will do anything in the moment, you know? Oh my god. They will. The pussy has so much power. Like, oh my god. Sometimes I realize it's power and I'm like, holy shit. Fuck. Yeah, I need to recharge my vagina. <laughs> oh my. Damn. Okay. Shit. He drank it? He drank it with whiskey. I thought that was hot. He, he like put a little man into it. <laughs> oh my god! Yeah, I was so short and sweet and amazing. <laughs> That's awesome! Wow, so you're a true dom. True. I mean, truly, I didn't ever know that. I always was submissive, though, and you know, my whole life. And I think that that's what brought out of the dominance to such a degree. Wow. Do you encounter many men that don't fuck with your dominating? No, because like I said, the pussy has power. If you like delay them being able to come, you can get them to do whatever you want. Truly. Like anything. I'm short 50 bucks. Well, okay. Like, <laughs> do you. So, because. You, and also, too, because you've been a sugar baby, do mm -hmm. you still sugar from time to time? I do have this one guy I still see. He. It's kind of funny because I babysit his daughter sometimes. Yeah. And she's like two. But he he's a single he's a single father. Like I would never. But like he is he shows me a good time. Like he really he always like buys me something to wear when I want to see him and like takes me to a nice restaurant and like then I you know, <laughs> I don't wanna say then I gotta, you know, do the duties, but it's not <sighs> It's not all about looks. You get to know the person. You know what I mean? I'm saying, you know, it's the oldest profession. True. And it's work. It's real work. Like, okay. I want to hit him up now. <laughs> Before we end the show, I was hoping we'd play a little game, like truth or dare. Let's that, do it. Yes. Um, for those listening unaware, it's just like truth or dare. It is first or last. She'll decide between first or last, and I'll decide something from my list of sexy scenarios. So, Cash, first or last? Last. Can you tell me about the last time you were really sprung over someone? Yes, I can. He, 
my god he I actually decided to stop talking to him a few days ago but this guy he is in the military we were hooking up but then like I started to fall for him and like love who he was you know and he started to fall in love with me too but then he got a girl pregnant and he ran away to Japan because he could he had choice of deployment or something like that. I don't know. But he's now in Japan like training people and stuff like that. But I I just was so about him and like then I realized while he was in Japan, he was like sending me pictures of his body and stuff like that. I'm like, wait a minute, like why aren't you showing your face in your in your pic in your pictures? And then I actually asked him and he was like, Well then I can't send them to like all girls, can I? And I was like that makes no fucking sense to me, but I guess I kind of get it because he doesn't want his dick on the internet, but, like, it was just fucked up because I was, like, you think it would have been enough for me to realize that, like, he got a girl pregnant that he wasn't in love with me, you know what I mean? Even though when I told him I didn't want to talk to him anymore, he said, I love you, like, I can't, I can't not have you and all this shit, and I'm, like, well, I'm sorry, you don't get me. I was super sprung over him. But the sprungness, man, you can't let the feeling get to you. Like, you've got to think it through. You were still speaking to him. I mean, we were, like, sexting back and forth. He was showing me pictures of Japan and, like, what he's doing and stuff like that. But I just realized, like, why would I even waste my time, like, my, my feelings? Why would I even, you know? Yeah. I thank you so much for speaking with yeah. me. And before we sign off, do you have any final thoughts? Mm -hmm. just that thing I said I want every girl to know that they are a queen and that there's a lot of jokers out there and very few kings but every girl can find their king I'll be alright as I am now I really do have to say like you have to protect yourself and you have to know that thing about you can feel some type of way but you should also you know things and you know what you're supposed to do so you have to do that mind over matter thing you just gotta do what you gotta do to be happy you know in anything. <laughs> Aww. True words from a true thought. Thank you so, so much for speaking with me and being so open and honest and brave and beautiful. Oh, thank you, girl. You're <laughs> great. Thank you again to my guest and to you, the listener. Subscribe to Afterthought on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And connect on Instagram by following Listen to A. Till next time.